0: Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Chinese spies busted. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we give you news from a Christian perspective. Joining me as always to break down Traygon's Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, guys? Happy, uh, I, I guess
1: it's mini Monday now.
2: It's mini Monday.
1: <laughs> right? I mean, already. We're already flying by. We're flying but a through. good week so far. Yep. The Quick Start
0: Challenge yeah. will get you through your week faster than you would without it. So just all you have to do is listen for six years. That's the only thing we ask. <laughs> just listen for the next six years, and then you can check back in with us. So, anyway. Um, What do do we have coming up, guys? What story are you looking at? Uh, We're going to be
2: talking about an ex-Satanist who became a preacher. It's crazy. It's a crazy story.
0: That is a wild story. Anytime you see some kind of conversion like that, God doing amazing things. So we'll check that out in a few minutes. Also on the main thing today, Bart Millard, the Mercy Me singer, he's never seen the church this divided. And so he talks about that and more on the main thing today. But first, we're going to go through the news in 90 seconds. And two Chinese intelligence agents, they've been charged with attempting to disrupt the prosecution of a Chinese telecoms firm. Uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that yesterday. And so these two men, they're accused of trying to basically direct a person with the U.S. government they thought was a cooperator. They thought they had an inside source here. And they were trying to get information about the Justice Department's investigation. Uh, into what was going on, you know, what they were looking into in their firm. And they even paid $61,000 for information. And so that was an announcement, a very kind of startling announcement there um, from the Attorney uh, General yesterday. And on a related note, President Xi Jinping was named to another term as the head of the ruling Communist Party. And this, put on your shock face, everybody broke with the tradition of Chinese leaders leaving after 10 years. He's been in since 2012. And you'll be shocked to learn that this communist leader just wanted to stay in for more power. And experts are saying that he's going to consolidate even more power uh, once he's in. You can read more about that over at CBNNews.com. So, guys, these headlines from China and With this investigation and now with President Xi, everything happening after the coronavirus, not entirely shocking, but concerning nonetheless. Well, I just thought
2: he'd be so busy rewriting the Bible that he (laughs) wouldn't have time, you know, (laughs) because the Communist Party is rewriting the Bible. Exactly. But yeah, how bizarre. How bizarre. And I, I mean, I've, I guess I'm just shocked to hear that a dictator wants to dictate, keep, keep dictating. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. No, I think it, it's interesting whenever we're hearing stories about China, because we don't like how much of it can I believe how much of it is accurate, yeah. but we do know that they are so heavily restricted and persecuting believers. And I mean, not even just Christians, right? They persecute Muslims. They've been putting them in uh, these re-education camps. So it's not just a Christian thing. Uh, China is happy to persecute anybody who doesn't fall in line uh, with, uh, you know, with the, the Communist Party. But I think it just is a good reminder all the time, all the more reason for us to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in closed countries like China.
0: Yeah. And you're right about that. I mean, one of the more shocking videos I I talk about it often that I've ever seen was a BBC report. They had one of their reporters go over there and the Chinese government actually granted him access to look at one of these. This was when that wave of headlines was happening about the um, essentially concentration camps, the re-education camps that they had for Muslims and other religious minorities that they were rounding up, putting into these things, and then basically trying to brainwash them into accepting the communist government as their highest form of authority. And what was remarkable to me, guys, was that the Chinese government actually thought this made them look good. And it made them look absolutely terrible. They thought they could put a good spin on it. And they were like, no, no. The reporter's like, isn't this a prison? Like, they can't leave unless you say? He's like, no, 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 no. Can you do art in prison? Look, they're doing art. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yes, you actually can do art in prison, but you're you, still can in prison. Yeah, you, you can get a whole degree. Yeah, you can get a whole degree. degree in some places. Yeah. So, but but the oh, fact man. that they thought that that this would pass muster and get them off the hook for the international scorn that they were getting shows you just how just how authoritarian it is over there.
2: Yeah. How disconnected they yeah. are because a normal person would say a normal institution would know there's a limit. Right. Right. What you can do. Right. And so that but that's the thing with these restrictive and disconnected regimes. You look at North Korea, which is way more you know, restricted and, and cut off and you see even crazier things going on. They have no concept of what truth is. Many yeah. of them. Yeah.
1: Well, and they end up being so restricted that then they get even the tiniest fragment or taste of freedom. And they think like, oh, my goodness, look how incredible and benevolent our government is, because that's just part of the brainwashing, right? Is yeah. is let me take everything away from you, strip all of your rights away from you, and then give you something that's barely a right to begin with. Uh, and then you think, look how free we are. Uh, it's just a sad product of, of that kind of worldview.
0: It is, and you're right, Billy. Like we should be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ over there, because the church is growing. I mean, we've done reports on CBN and FaithWire of Christians meeting underground to do Bible studies, and I think one of the missionaries that we interviewed one time talked about how they all showed up to this, you know, location, a secret location, and he's like, "Okay, get out your Bibles," and none of them got out the, a Bible, and he said, "Well, okay, how are we going to do this study? You don't have your Bibles," and they said, "It's okay, we memorize this book." so that they can't take it from us. So, so they had the, whatever book they were studying of the Bible, they had the whole thing memorized so that they couldn't you know, have it taken from them. I thought that was just... Well, I don't even know what I had for breakfast. I know. Right. Memorizing Bible books.
1: But I mean, they're literally taking that scripture to heart, right? They're hiding the word of the Lord in yes. our hearts. And I think that's something we all should do. And they literally have to do it, which literally, is what yeah. a testament of faith.
0: Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. So We will definitely be continuing to follow that story over on CBN and and Faithwire as well, all the developments going on with China. We're going to head into our next story now, and an ex-Satanist is now a Christian pastor, and Ben Adkins has a wild conversion story. So, Billy, what happened here?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is one of those crazy stories you hear and you're like, that is, that is the truth of the gospel. That is what the gospel can do for somebody. But Mm -hmm. Ben Atkins grew up in a Christian home, but it was a very dysfunctional and chaotic home. Um, And his parents sort of drifted away from the faith. He also drifted away from the faith and didn't just drift away, um, started kind of getting into just, you know, any activity that would gratify himself. And as time went on, he actually started looking for answers in the church of Satan. He moved into Satanism. Um, He read the Satanic Bible. And what's so interesting is for a lot of people, the Satanic Bible it doesn't necessarily have any sort of belief in gods, but yet he started worshiping Satan in the process and just a crazy story of going down a a really negative path almost ended his life. The chaos of worshiping Satan, like we so often hear led him to want to die. And yet, you know, he had this incredible encounter that changed everything.
0: So it's kind of like a wide scope of pagan Satanism, you know, type of, offshoots you have here what what was his brand of satanism looking like
2: yeah yeah, that's the interesting thing because again, modern day Satanism—the headlines that we often write about—that's an atheistic Satanism. It's one in which people will say, "Oh, we don't even believe Satan exists." Now, whether or not Satan's influencing them is another story. They don't worship him. They don't believe in him. Then there's a theological Satanism. He was much more in that camp. He was finding answers in you know the book, into the books he was reading, but yet he was looking to Satan for truth. He was doing rituals. He was hanging out with people who performed you know magic. That sort of thing. So he started kind of moving in that direction and thinking, look, if there's a God, it's not the God I was told. He's nothing like the God I was told about growing up Um, and that this was due to his anger and the chaos in his life. And so he started worshiping Satan. And then that led him on a path of having horrible nightmares and just, again, wanting to end his life because of the depression and the chaos that resulted from that relationship he was forging.
0: And so what was his like essentially breaking point and when he decided to you know turn things around and look towards God?
2: Yeah, so he was he was chasing girls and he went to this Christian conference. It always starts it friend. always starts yeah.
0: there, doesn't it? He's chasing <laughs> girls and then there it happens. But I'm sorry to interrupt.
2: No, no, it's so true. So he's chasing girls, he goes to this Christian conference and he's super annoyed that everybody loves Jesus and they're going <laughs> out about Jesus and he's getting more and more annoyed. You know, he's a satanist and this guy comes up to pray to pray with him and pray over him and he made up some fake thing for the guy to pray for because he just it was awkward. So he's like, "Whatever, pray for me." But he said as the guy put his hand on his shoulder and started praying in tongues, He said in that moment, he felt the most incredible rush that everything he had been chasing, he could he could almost feel it go through his entire body. Um, And so there was a healing journey after that. He went through something called deliverance and, you know, but but didn't just become a Christian, became a pastor, which is so wild.
0: It is. And so what what do you think we should take away from this? What are the big takeaways for you?
2: I think the big takeaway is that there are people in the world who are really engaged with this stuff. They believe in it. They are seeking Satan out. They're looking towards evil as though it were good, and their lives are in chaos because of it, and we need to be reaching those people, Um, but also that any life can change. The gospel is the most powerful tool in human existence to change people's hearts and lives, and that's what we see in his story. He is this guy is now a church planter in America and in the UK. He'll be in America actually in the next couple of weeks planting churches. So, I mean, if God can do that, man, God could do anything.
0: Yeah. Now that's a great reminder. And um, it, it also makes me think of, you know, we just recently went through 1 um, Timothy uh, in our Bible reading and, and other scriptures in the New Testament warning about false teachings. Now, I know that's not a Christian teaching, of course, the Satanist stuff, but you know, just to be on guard and to be really, you know, honing your your time in the Word and making sure you're not susceptible to these other ideas that come up. Of course, if you're completely out of the Word and you're not a Christian, you know, you're going to be susceptible to things like Satanism, right? You're going to be looking to fill that void with something. Um, but I think it goes for us Christians, too, you know, to look at... Um, all the Christian teachings that are out there, and to make sure that we're on guard for that as well.
1: I think it's easy too to to fall into the trap of thinking that certain people groups um, or certain people because of how they behave are unreachable. Uh, Right. Like it's like you were talking about, uh, Billy. So I think that's another sin that we have to guard as believers. We have to guard ourselves against. Obviously, we don't want to put ourselves in spiritually dangerous or bad situations, but we shouldn't look at somebody like uh, like him and think. Well, they're not reachable, like they're completely lost and I don't need to waste my time speaking the gospel into that person's life. Because I know that's been a temptation for me is you kind of judge people and write them off. But the Lord doesn't write anybody off. Uh, It's our responsibility just to be there to preach the word uh, and then the Holy Spirit will do what he's going to do. But we should always be available and willing to share the truth of the gospel with anybody and everybody who comes across our paths.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and if that guy didn't stop and pray with him and over him, right. I mean, think about that, right? Like yeah. clearly God set that up perfectly. And if we're not willing to do that, of course, God's going to reach people who he's going to reach. But if we're not being open to that, man, we're missing out on something incredible too. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: a great point. I mean, the, the, the small thing, just a simple prayer. And he even made something up to pray about and it still, <laughs> God did something with it, right? Like, so it wasn't even a legitimate uh, prayer that he was asking for and God still used that. I think that's, you know, cause we're there at times where, you know, we're uncomfortable and you think, I know God probably wants me to do this, but I'm uncomfortable doing this. And what is it going to matter anyway? And I think those are lies that were told mm-hmm. just be obedient to, to what you, th- as long as it lines up with scripture, of course, be obedient to what you're being called, you're called to do and what you're being led to do. And God will use it in ways that we could never uh, imagine. So that's a, that's a great reminder of that there. Yeah. But, um, all right, let's head into, uh, the main thing for today. And Bart Millard is a singer of mercy me, and, uh, they've got a new album coming out and he talked about a lot of things, including the album and some of the impetus behind it. And it's related to the state of the church right now. And just the divisions that we're seeing among the church And he addresses that in a conversation with Billy Hallowell on today's main thing.
2: Mercy Me is out with their 11th studio album titled Always Only Jesus. Now, after decades in the music industry, they are as relevant as ever, creating music that is not only worship music, but popular faith-fueled songs. And here's the interesting thing. Bart Millard sat down and talked with us not only about the music, but about the division he's seeing in the church and how he's hoping some of the songs on Always Only Jesus can speak into the culture and encourage believers to love one another. Here's what Bart had to say
3: man through the pandemic and coming out of that i don't know if i've ever seen the body of christ more divided than it has been lately yeah, it's sad yeah and and we talked about it like coming right out of all that and when we started touring again but even from this would have been the fall of last year to now it's like now what we've been seeing because we've been off all summer and just and work on the record being home and you know we had we had dear friends like small groups we were a part of and and surprisingly people drew lines and and really started to fight for whatever they thought was right. And it was almost shocking. Uh, like, you know, and it was kind of the perfect storm, political pandemic, everything. And I was, there was like, wow, people are, I, I didn't see this side of them. And, and then now that we're kind of going back to normal, you see either people kind of backing that up a little bit or pretending it didn't happen or trying mm-hmm. to explain where they stand. and, I just I, I wasn't sure there's was much healing in that. And so while making this record, um, all the songs were deliberately like it wasn't about clever lyrics or whatever. It was just, I mean, deliberately towards Jesus and about Jesus. And and um, and I was like, man, this may be this is the perfect time, because if we've ever needed a common denominator, to agree on it has to be jesus because man i can disagree with you on things if you truly believe what you're doing is pursuing the heart of god and uh you know i mean that's i grew up baptist we have methodist next door it works out <laughs> but uh but it's like yeah I, but as long as we're pursuing jesus as long as he's at the core of it and um and so i thought you know if there was ever time to try to unify the body for us to kind of do our part it's to thing about jesus and um and and so Unintentionally, we looked at this album from beginning to end and was like, Man, it is all pointing one direction. There, there's no way to misunderstand what this is about. And then so we ended up writing a song actually called Always Only Jesus kind of near the end because it was like, It wasn't because we wanted to be a title. It's like this, you know, if we're going to do, we want to do like a legit like corporate worship song, but man, we want it to be like this brave heart moment, like just powerful you know, um, uh, just powerful song. And by the time we were finished with it, we we're like, this is the best title for the record. This sums it up. Even the artwork is plain and simple, just a silhouette of the band and the title. And that's it. And because we wanted it to just be all about him and just what start out is like, let's finish out these songs became what I think, because of the timing of everything, the most important record we've ever done.
2: Wow. So, and you've done, this is, this is your 11th. So that's a big statement to say this is the most important. And honestly, everything you just talked about, I've been thinking a lot about, right? All of the division, all the chaos, all the fighting. It's great to have different opinions, but if our opinions and our views are causing discord and we're not putting Christ at the center of it, which I know for myself, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, Quite often, many times, I've started to put either a political idea or a party or some thought that I have or feeling maybe ahead of the gospel and what we're called to do. And so, what a great <laughs> album to kind of put out at this time. Where and you said it really well that people are kind of picking up those pieces, pretending it didn't happen, and right. trying to move forward. But we've got to reflect on that, right, so that we maybe don't behave that way next time.
3: One hundred percent. I mean, like we we kind of had a lot of people had this kind of battle cry, like they were ready for a fight. And what's crazy is you have all of these different movements and these different things people are standing for that just some of them seem crazy and just out there. But I believe with all my heart, the craziest movement to be a part of is grace and forgiveness right now is what it feels like. And, um, and that's, I mean, I think there's people in the church who think that's the most preposterous thing to do right now. And I'm like, man, if we ever needed to forgive and have grace and show mercy to people, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, it's now, and it's hard but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot of healing, and and I believe with all of my heart that that like I I genuinely believe we're on the we're just on the outskirts of something amazing. I really believe yeah. that because the pendulum always swings, and I'm like, man, I just hope just the the, the that people desire what what Jesus has and a truth that's unwavering, and so.
2: Yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> well, it's amazing you said that, too, because I think, you know, as, as a journalist and as somebody who covers a lot of stories, the stories that resonate, they shock people. Right. And this is kind of sad in some ways, um, but also encouraging, you know, like the, the kid who hugged the, the police officer who shot his brother. I don't know if you remember that story a couple yeah, years sure. ago, that viral moment of this hug and this forgiveness in the courtroom that shocks people. And I think it mm-hmm. shocks people because. They're like, what is inside of that guy that made him, instead of cursing her out or yelling at her, go over, forgive her and hug her. And that's Jesus. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit, right? So that to me, that's the most radical thing that we can do is to forgive and to love others because it makes people on the outside of faith say, wow, maybe there's something to that.
3: Yeah. One of my, I have five kids and one of my teenage kids, I overheard him saying the other day because he was on, you know, TikTok or some social media or something like that. And I heard him say, "Man, the craziest thing—the only things that go viral—is something incredibly violent, or something that is so graceful and loving and forgiving." And he's right, man. The world's so such in a weird place that if I'm flipping through Instagram and I see, you know, the child hugging the police, I will cry like I just watched the Notebook for the forty seventh time. Like it it could be ten seconds long, and but it is. We're we're starving for it, and uh, I think that's, you know, I. I just think something amazing is going to happen.
2: That was Bart Millard, and the album is Always Only Jesus. Be sure to check it out.
0: All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. That leaves us with time for one last thing. And Trey... Let's take a look uh, at Hosea.
1: Yeah, so in Hosea 14, obviously we're talking about Israel being unrepentant, right? And they're backsliding over and over and over again, which is something I think we're all susceptible to, right? We fall back into yeah. sin over and over. Uh, and the Lord's response is so gracious. It's stern, but it's gracious. Uh, in Hosea 14:4, 4, he says, I will heal their waywardness, talking about Israel. And then he says this, and I will love them freely, uh, which is just such a relief to know that the Lord loves us regardless of anything that we can do because of the work of Jesus. right? Uh, he's foreshadowing, of course, the work of Jesus and Hosea. Uh, but all that's required of us is that we obey him in response to that uh, absolutely free love that he gives us.
0: Yeah. It's this, this interesting dynamic that you see over and over uh, in the Old Testament where God's saying, "Like, hey, if you just obey uh, my commands, if you just follow me and put your trust in me, you know, then you'll be blessed, then I will bless you and you know it'll go well with you. And of course they continually backslide uh, as you' were saying there. But it's amazing God's for as much violence as there is in the Old Testament, God is so patient because they should have been all wiped out a long time ago. and but he made a promise and he kept that promise and he's incredibly patient. and now how how much more is his patience for us, you know now that Christ has come and we have that forgiveness through the cross, and God's wrath is satisfied through that. So um, for us, that's that's an, I think an even greater reminder that you just brought up, Trey. That um, in the midst of our backsliding, like you said, um, God's grace will always be outpacing that.
2: Yeah, and and I love looking back at all this because a lot of people will say, "Oh, well, these verses were specifically talking about this," and you know, era, right. or Israel or whatever, and that's important to know. But I think we see that God's character doesn't yes. change, and that looking at that, we can take that and imbue that on our own experiences and lives as well. So it's always comforting to do that.
0: Yeah. Great point. Great point. Because it is specific to them, but you're right. You can see God's character through the way uh, he deals with each of these situations over time. So great stuff there. All right. That's all the time we have for this episode. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Leave a rating if you haven't done it yet. What are you you waiting for? You know you've been wanting to. Uh, We'd love to see it. So, God bless you. Lord willing, in that creek, don't
1: rise. We will be back here tomorrow with more. God bless